Good evening and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein, and with me as always is the ever comatose Karen Randazzo. Okay, you're crazy and we're done. And the always lethargic Chris Randazzo. Crystal thinks Vidal Sassoon is after her. <laughs> we here on this week's episode talk television. So sometimes we get a little spoilery. Uh, fair warning. I will be discussing the season two, episode three of Powers. Chris will be discussing, what is it? Episode season four, episode six, season plus four. more or less a few in the other direction. Either direction of Orphan Black, the series finale of, finally of Nashville. We're getting this off Karen's chest. And we're going to be discussing some summer television coming up. So if you don't want any of that stuff spoiled, go watch it. Come back. And we'll make it more entertaining for you. Um, I feel that we should let Karen get this out of her system. <laughs> yes, I'm back. <laughs> I'm back after being off last week when I was so angry that I couldn't stop throwing up. <laughs> Seething with anger to the point of vomiting. Nice. <laughs> it's true. It happened, as Chris. No, and I... I oh, God, it's everywhere! <laughs> um... Well, the anger causing the vomiting is not true, but I was angry when I watched this, and I'll tell you what, um, I watched it live, and it shows at 10 o'clock, and I'm not a spring chicken, and I have a little kid, so for me to stay up till 11 o'clock is a big deal. <laughs> and then I'm sure you stayed up later than that because of the anger. I couldn't sleep for like an hour and a half afterwards. I was so mad. And no one that I know watches the sh who watches the show like was with me. Everyone else was like, oh, I DVR'd it and I'm going to watch it later. I'm like, father, fucker. <laughs> so, you know, it was just me and Twitter. <laughs> and boy, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, if you if you scroll back in our Twepcast uh, t Twitter timeline two weeks, you will find some... Uh, some, I, I believe my concluding tweet was something about a, a plane crash involving several unlikable characters dying in a fireball. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it wasn't all bad. All right. So <laughs> we have the good. And part of the good is Juliet. Juliet was in L.A. Uh, she was nominated for an Oscar for playing June Carter Cash uh, in a movie. Um, she was, you know, being dragged along the whole Oscar, whatever, rigmarole and just, oh, I, you know, I, I want somebody here who I love to, to share this experience with me. So I'm going to call my, um, my ex-husband and ask if he, if I send my private jet, will he bring my baby daughter out here? Because she knows what the fuck is going on during Oscar season. Uh, but she wanted them to come, and <laughs> <laughs> that's like twenty five percent of the watchers, right? The baby children, right? Exactly. I Got mean, it. you you hear in all the acceptance speeches, okay, my kids are watching. You can go to bed now. <laughs> that's that's who's watching the Oscars, babies. Uh, so the ex husband's new girlfriend gets jealous. Uh, she is the <laughs> I I probably have made reference to the. Sh on this show before about the character who died in the middle of this season, falling off a roof, trying to sh save Juliet from killing herself. What, like whiplashing himself off of a building. Yes. Uh, 
that character's girlfriend at the time is now with Juliet's ex-husband. She got into this whole crazy revenge plot of like, I'm going to take over everything that she loved in her life and take everything away from her the way she did from me. So she gets jealous that she that Juliet's trying to get Avery out to uh, to come spend time with her and leaks the story about because no, nobody in the press knows what really happened on the rooftop that night. So she leaks the story on, like, the eve of the Oscars. And uh, Juliet's tea has a really good, like, you know, spin team. And so they, like, tell, you know, they, they, she's gonna, she makes some kind of statement and she, she's gonna, the, the victim's sister, she's gonna, like, pay a settlement in a wrongful death suit. Um, but sh- Juliet, has been on such a journey since she, you know, had her child and came back from rehab that this, she feels, isn't good enough. So she actually goes to have a one-on-one interview with some famous celebrity interviewer and, like, confesses everything that happened and how messed up her life has been. And that was really nice nice to see from that character um, just how far she's come and, like, to see her in a good place. I mean, not a good place because she had to admit all these terrible things that happened, but it was a healthier place. So that was nice okay. to see. On top of which, uh, the the woman who's trying to ruin her life, her plan just completely fell apart. Because <laughs> everybody that was she, she had managed to get on her side in that time figured out that she was the one who like told the press about this story. And completely abandoned her. Her manager fired her. Uh, another guy who knew about it uh, called Avery and her her boyfriend and was like, "Hey, um, you know the story that just came out? Uh, it's totally your girlfriend who told the press." At which point he breaks up with her with the "Okay, you're crazy and we're done," which was I laughed out loud. <laughs> and uh, and. Uh, he decides he's going to go back to Juliet and she decides that the Oscars aren't important to her and her family's important to her. So she's going to hop on her private jet and come home mm. and be with him. So that was a nice happy ending for those people. Uh, the other nice happy ending was for Will, who is the gay character. Uh, this storyline has been going on pretty much since this guy's been on the show, which I think is season two through the end. Uh, that he's gay and he was secretly gay and then he finally came out, but he wasn't really comfortable with, you know, all the attention and he didn't want to be a, you know, a, a, a gay rights leader or whatever. He just wanted to be a country singer. Uh, he got into a sort of media war with this conservative um, commentator TV lady uh, where she was you know, trying to get his song bear bond eh, banned from the radio because you know dirty homo dirty homos can't you know have songs on the radio I don't know how dare they infect gay through the radio waves <laughs> the show did a really good job here of like that this this whole thing about he he spent a long time in the closet on the show and I was like just come out nobody cares and well, apparently sh- one woman did exactly the show did a really good job of saying like okay you don't care and like all your friends don't care but like people in this guy's world some of them care so okay uh so he was he has you know finally decided he he was trying to stay out of the fight and the guy 
who's the head of his record label, was trying to fight the fight for him. And he finally decided, I'm going to go on her show and speak my mind and, you know, have it out with her. And she wouldn't let him on the show. Because so, he's gay. Because he's gay and I don't know. Because she's a horrible person. So he ended up organizing a big protest outside of her studio and uh, causing enough ruckus that she had to let him on the show. And then, you know, she tore, tried to tear into him. And he was like, um, I think you're just scared of me. And you're scared that if you let me on the air and let me speak that, you know, you or people in your audience might recognize that I'm a decent person. And they might see that I'm just like somebody else they know that, like, you know... Anybody you know could be gay and it doesn't matter because we're still good people. So it was a good victory for him, too. And uh, all the people that helped him there, there was a, you know, he got back together with the boyfriend that he broke up with. And I was like, OK, whatever. Yay, Kevin. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was nice, too. And <laughs> Thing of ah, ah, sorry. Oh God! Why won't it shut up? Why won't you shut up? <laughs> it wants to prevent you from talking about the horrible things that happened in this finale. God damn it! I hate the internet sometimes. Are we good? Good. Okay. Good. I closed the window. I don't need to read that particular story ever. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to see I'm you sorry, if I attention. go to your website to say, you know what, I, that looks like a fascinating headline. I think I'll read that later. And I go there and it starts blasting a fucking commercial on autoplay. No, fuck you. I will never read your story. And I'll never go to your website ever again. And I'll firebomb your house. The end. <laughs> yeah, that. I'm sorry. Go on. So, um... Then we have the story with the exes, which is a band of Scarlet and Gunner, and they're off again, on again, off again, on again. Oh my god, please fucking kill me. Uh, <laughs> romance, in quotes, in <laughs> giant air quotes, ten feet tall. Uh, I don't know how air quotes can be ten feet tall if they're invisible, but I guess they can be. Uh, Skywriting. <laughs> Skywriting, there you go. Um, Skywriting quotes. <laughs> So they've been uh, opening for this big country act on a tour, and uh, Scarlett's just realized that she finally realized, oh my god, I'm I'm really in love with Gunner, and I have been this whole time, even though we've been trying to make it work as just friends in a band or whatever. And his name's Gunner. And his name's Gunner. <laughs> Don't hold that against him. He's actually kind of awesome. He hangs out with Major. <laughs> Uh, so just as she has realized this, uh, he has finally been seduced by the woman that they're opening for, who is, like, she seems to just want to, like, she's an agent of chaos. She just wants to manipulate them and, like, break them up for her own entertainment. Like, she's a really terrible person. She's like the Nashville version of the Joker. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> And, you know, if you look at a picture of her, if you, if you look up Alicia Witt, um, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying she's an unattractive woman, but she does have some pointy features. <laughs> um, you know, do her makeup right and you never know. So uh, so Scarlet confesses her love to Gunner and, and he's like, oh, uh, I just sucked up with this chick and we're together now. And, uh, 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 and so she's horrified and she runs off and... He's trying to figure out why she would say something like that because <laughs> he's just 
so blindsided by it. He's like, it can't possibly be the truth. And this this horrible woman is in his head so much that she's like, well, she's uh, you're really the talented one in your band. So she's trying to keep the band together so she can, you know, ride your coattails to fame. And that's why she said she loves you. She really doesn't love you. It's wow. far more plausible. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, when I say this show is a soap. And he buys it. And that that's the part about this that pisses me off is like, he he's just completely under this woman's spell. And she's not that convincing or anything. Like, she's taken him on a trip. And she took him to see an Elton John concert and got him to, like, sing on stage with Elton John. Like, nothing she's doing is really, like... Why? Why is it working? I never, I never understood. She's clearly a metahuman. I mean, and she's obviously the one who convinced Barry that he needed to give up his flash powers too. That's it. She's just oh a metahuman God. with the ability to very, in effect, effectively while being ineffective at convincing people to do things. The most elaborate crossover ever. <laughs> ever. Nashville, Nashville flash. Flashville. <laughs> <laughs> It just kind of has this whole other, whole other meaning. Like people <laughs> open in trench coats. It's, just, it's a bad time. <laughs> well, I just want to see see Barry Allen sing a country song now. <laughs> I actually truly want there to be a musical see, musical episode of The Flash, but that's besides the point. Yeah, well, <laughs> then they have to get Joss Whedon. Um, <laughs> True. Crank Gust and they and they need to get like the rest of the Glee cast to to be metahumans or something on the show. <laughs> All right, this is a great idea. We need to drop everything we're doing and work on it, and make it happen. Uh, so they decide that they can't work out their differences. They're going to break up the band because whatever, it's dumb. Uh, and tonight, the, this is going to be their. It's so dumb. Like, I cannot explain to you the reason why they decided to do this. Um, So they decide that tonight's going to be their last show and they're just going to play the show and then they're going to break up the band and go their own ways or whatever. Then they're standing on stage near the end of the episode playing their song, la-di-da-di-da. He looks at her singing. I have no idea what happened in his brain, but he just decides to stop singing like, throw his guitar over his shoulder, and grab her and kiss her. I thought you were going to say he decided to kill himself, but (laughs) all right. (laughs) Sure, we'll go with your version. That might have made more effing sense. (laughs) Like, that that would have made at least as much sense as this made. Like, don't get me wrong, I like these characters, I wanted to see them together, but there was no fucking reason for any of it. No reason for them to be apart, and then no reason for them to be together. It was the dumbest. It was almost the dumbest. <laughs> yeah, there's one thing about this episode I do know, and we haven't gotten there yet. And, uh... No. Uh, then there's uh, Maddie, who is the teenage daughter of Raina James, James, who is the queen of country. And she's been on this mission to emancipate herself so she can have her own country career. And, you know, her mom's just holding her back. And she's been under the uh, influence of this other girl (laughs) and explain really who this girl is other than she's a daughter of a friend of the family like what business she has knowing anything about country music why she's so interested in this girl they don't bother with any of that point is this girl whose name is cash (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> her name is Cash. I just said that out loud. Is her middle name Money? <laughs> <laughs> no, her middle name is Fuck You. Last name this is, this is my daughter Cash and her brother and prizes. <laughs> and her, uh, yeah, so Cash is in charge of, of Maddie's emancipation and, and burgeoning music career. So she has decided she she's ended up she's going to work with this famous producer who is really gross and like likes underage girls uh (laughs) and we find this out because uh, but because her his her mother finds out uh, that this is who she's working with and she's like uh he tried to pull something with me whatever 25 years ago when i started in the business did they pay him in cash (laughs) <laughs> by the way this is the first we've ever heard of any of this oh this is a good plan let's introduce, in the last introduce new plot threads in the last fucking uh so the, i don't even watch the show and i'm mad at it <laughs> <laughs> right they try to like get her away from the producer and nothing you know talk to her manager talk to the record label nothing works uh so reyna decides she's gonna write an open letter and publish it on huffington post because that's something you could just do. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> the queen of country can just do it. Uh, especially if she's going to make um, ac- allegations of illegal activity against somebody in like a major publication. Like Word. they wouldn't want to vet that story or anything. Pfft, no. <laughs> Silly. There's cash uh, involved. So they're, they happen to be at a benefit in the same city where she is at a party at this producer's house. Where Cash was exchanging hands. <laughs> Cash was doing something because they walked into the party and Cash was like, oh, I think I know I, I know that guy. I'm going to go say hi to him and like leaves the 16-year-old with the dirty, gross producer alone. And, you know, she like, oh, let's get a selfie. And, you know, is a total teenager and puts it on Instagram and does a fucking, literally does a duck face. Uh, uh, which I have to say at least is in character <laughs> like that's the kind of person that this person is at least Quack. so her uh, dad sees this picture online and he's like oh my god she's there she's with him I have to go like rescue her <laughs> and, and he shows up just as the two of the the producer and the daughter are like in a room by themselves he's trying to give her alcohol he's like you know making the moves on her he's like you want to be a grown-up don't you you want to be taken seriously (laughs) yeah it was super gross and uh side note the producer's played by um fun bobby from friends (laughs) i don't know if anybody remembers who that character is but it just makes it like it gives you a little bit better of a visual. I feel like this character should be played by John Lovitz. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be a star. God, that would make this better. <laughs> and I'm so, reaping the benefits. <laughs> so much better. So he busts in and he saves her and she yells at Cash and they, I'm not going to stay with you anymore. You left me here with this guy. And she takes off with her dad. This fucking thing make no goddamn sense for so many reasons uh number one i applaud the show for taking on uh, a serious topic such as the sexism in the music industry because uh, i mean we've we've seen stories in the news we know this is something that happens to women in the business maybe on a show that's about the music industry you might have wanted to do it 
maybe a little bit sooner than your very last episode. Instead of some of the other social issues that they took on that went fucking nowhere. There was a whole plot about this girl who was a runaway. And then they're like, well, we have to, like, raise money to find runaways. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Anyway. uh, (laughs) They wasted a lot of time on other things when they could have been doing a good, a much better job with this story. Uh, (laughs) The daughter, like her decision to like get mad at her friend there was no reason no reason why at that point it was that her behavior was any different than it had already been when she was like yes i'm gonna follow you and listen to you and do everything you say like all of a sudden just because something went bad and she didn't like the way it went then she was like oh i'm gonna leave and not listen to you anymore made no sense her dad busting into the room and getting her he didn't hit the guy, which is <laughs> missed opportunity. <laughs> you which you might have done, you know, like of all the instances in this situation, he would have been justified in hitting him. But part of what drove her away to find her emancipation is she felt like she was scared of him because he had a violent temper, which was a bunch of BS. But whatever. But like him. Busting into her life and, like, trying to tell her what to do is what made her leave in the first place. And all of a sudden, he shows up and busts into her life. And he's like, you have to come with me. And she goes with him. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Word. (laughs) I'm game. (laughs) High five. High five. Good game. Thank you. And so he, he, when the dad left to go get her, he... He was supposed to be performing on stage with Raina and her other daughter, and he just took off and went to do this other thing and didn't tell anybody where he was going or what he was doing. Then he came back with the with the teenage daughter that he rescued, and everything was fine. It was a fa- happy family reunion because Maddie's finally back, and she's going to be part of the family again. And the, like, it it was the same behavior that had caused so many fights in this couple before, but... Because this time it brought her daughter back. Now it's fine for him to do that and just run off half-cocked with a terrible plan. Seems logical to me. (laughs) I mean, why put your whole cock into it, really? (laughs) (laughs) I think I just broke my wife. (laughs) (laughs) I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't say those words while the microphone is in front of me. That's a bad idea. So that made no sense. But I have to get to the thing that made no sense at all. The one that's the, the item. The no sensiest of no senses. <laughs> the one that is highlighted in all caps in my notes. OMG, WTF, BBQ. BBQ? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> it's when you it's when you're so like angry and confused that you run out of acronyms and you're just like, I don't know, what else? BBQ. Whatever. <sighs> you're so angry you could barbecue ribs on your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> and that almost happened, except I didn't have any ribs. Uh for better or for worse, whatever you might think of all these wrapping up of these plot threads, that whether or not you liked them, whether they meant they made sense, whether you were happy for the characters or not, 
at least they were all wrapped up. And, and really, by the end of the episode, everybody, whether you gave a shit about them or not, there was one character who's like, I'm going to go back to my ex-wife. Great, we've never met your ex-wife and all we've ever heard is that you never got along. But okay, sure, go reconcile. Everything was all wrapped up and I would have been perfectly happy to have it that way. In the end of the episode, Juliet's on her plane coming back from L.A., ready to reunite with her family and, like, move on with her life. Juliet's the cheerleader from Heroes, everybody. And her husband, her ex-husband and daughter are waiting on the tarmac for the plane to show up. And a guy comes out of the airport and he's like, are you waiting for Juliet Barnes's plane? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, I need you to come inside. There's some news. And he's like, what? We uh, lost contact with your wife's plane 90 miles outside of Nashville. The end. What? The end of the show. What? Wait. Forever. What? what? Yes, we took the star of the show. Wait, what? We put her on a plane. We wrapped up her emotional storyline so that she should be guaranteed a happy reunion when she lands. And then we decided to say, nope. The plane disappeared. We don't know what happened to it. It could be fine. It could be a crash. It could be a fiery Did death ball. Did they not ball. know that they were being canceled? This is what happened. This is why I'm angry. They shot two fucking endings. They shot this, and then they shot an, uh, like a happy reunion on the tarmac, where like uh, you know everybody's happy and we all go home and they lived happily ever after. Did they accidentally they, show the wrong ending? <laughs> They chose to show this on purpose because they thought, I know, we know we're getting canceled at this point, so here's what we're going to do. In this age of, like, revivals of shows that have been canceled, we're going to try and get the fans so angry and so dying to know what happened next that some network is bound to pick up our show and make a season five, and then we'll re, you know, the show will be resurrected and everyone holy fucking shit (laughs) talk about a show that thinks way higher of itself than its audience does (laughs) i'm just like i'm just i'm shaking and like panting over here like i of course i can't want i can't blame them for wanting a longer life for the show but it's been two weeks. I haven't seen anything in the news that said anyone is actually going to pick this show up. It doesn't seem like something that would have worked in any in any universe. No. No, no, no. And so that's what they did. So that's here's what, what we're going to do. We're going to write our own ending to Nashville, okay? <laughs> uh, I think that, uh, obviously, part of me wants to think that it was actually she was on Oceanic Flight 815. and. Nice. Then it just nice. segues into Lost because clearly the writers of this show were the same people who wrote Lost, who just kind of made shit up as they went along. Because there was very clear to me there was little to no actual game plan going on <laughs> here. It was just like you know what, and uh, and this guy's gonna do this thing now, and now there's a child molester, and it's a good time. Um, no, fuck this show. All right, so so instead of going with the Oceanic Flight A15, I'm gonna say Bermuda Triangle. 
I think that the plane took a wrong turn, like there was a, a flock of seagulls or something, and they're like, we got to turn left. <laughs> and they turned, and they wound up in the Bermuda Triangle, and she uh, wound up traveling through time or whatever, and was reincarnated as an invincible cheerleader, and that's how Hero was created. Evan, what do you think the ending of the show was? Okay, so we're, we're lost. Okay, where is she coming from? She's coming from L.A. to Nashville. Okay, so she's L.A. to Nashville. Okay, so instead of heading in the proper direction, which would be a southeasterly direction, they went they went west. And the, she's going to make it to Nashville, but they're going the long way around the planet. That's my guess. See... That those would both be acceptable endings. My my ideal Nashville ending is like another guy running out onto the tarmac right after that and be like, "No, no, it's okay, everything's fine with her plane." But there's another plane that we got it confused with, and that has the uh, friend of the teenage daughter who was horrible and trying to manage her career for some fucking reason. Her father, who is also a terrible person, and like caused no end of of so everybody else except for this one not everybody else just those two and then the woman who broke up the the or was trying to break up the uh the two person band <laughs> the, the slash couple and the child molester dude he's on the oh, plane yeah throw throw fun bobby on there for shits and giggles and yeah. the show's writers <laughs> And yeah, that that plane exploded in a fireball, and nobody cared. All right, so I'm very <laughs> that's the end. <laughs> doing a little bit of research here, and as of today, some uh, there is an article on Entertainment Weekly stating that CMT is near a deal with the former ABC drama producer for Nashville. CMT, huh? Country yep. music television. Which, to be honest, this is where this show probably should have been the whole time, and it probably would have done better there because it wouldn't have had to worry so much about being on a mainstream network if it could just if it's just a show that wants to be about country music. There's a whole channel for that. Can CMT afford the cast of this show? I'm right Well, I don't know. They might be, you know looking for their pennies under their couch cushions to cuz clearly to some degree there there's demand there are the fans are pissed and if this show comes back people will watch it this might you know where where is hate watching going on where is this uh you know is a failing prospect for a major network like um ABC i could see this being a big fucking hit for something like CMT that like who watches CMT why for what but like this would True. get them a lot of viewers well this is a the, so this is the ABC equivalent of Supergirl going to the CW yeah yes. you know placing the content where it where it belongs <laughs> where it always should have been good times good times all right. so that's all behind us now and so long and farewell to Manashville do you feel a little bit better getting this all out in the open? I guess. That's a no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at, like, the, on IMDb, they have, you know, like, 
trending messages and shit like that. And one of them, and it, it's gone already. Uh, that's how you end Juliet and Avery. The, mm-hmm. Like Maddie's song was awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Scarlett looked so much better with long hair. Like these are the things that these people are talking about this show. Mm-hmm. Creepy producer. Nice. That that was one. So ah, all right. Well, I'm going to assume that it'll do better if it does get over to CMT. But. And don't get me wrong, you motherfuckers, I am watching this shit. I don't have CMT and I don't care. I will find a way. <laughs> oh, that's the epitome of hate watching. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. I greatly appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you for giving me my platform. <laughs> your little soapbox to shout from. <clears throat> Chris, it's your turn. Orphan Black is an awesome show about clones. Go watch it. Evan, you're up. <laughs> <laughs> no, all right. I'll 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 do this relatively quickly. How about this? Cause... How about we'll go like this? Orphan Black is a show that has a cast of characters that totals in about a hundred and twenty different characters, but only six actors. <laughs> right? That's about right. Most of them are Tatiana Maslany. All right. All right, so we're we're going a little bit long here, and we are all, we all want to go to bed. So let's see what I can wrap up here on Orphan Black. Orphan Black is a freaking fantastic show. I can't believe we haven't talked about it on this show yet, but it came back. It's in the middle of its fourth season. Actually, it's past the middle of its fourth season, and it's coming up on the end. We finally caught up on it, and I want to talk about a specific episode in this season. Uh, the the main the main the big bad of this season seems to be a sickness that is uh, eventually going to kill all the clones. And there's a group called Neolution. It's all about these people that are all about like doing all weird modifications to themselves, like giving themselves tails and cutting their tongues in half and whatever. But whatever. So there, there's this um, the original woman who uh, was the the where they got the DNA to make all the clones from, who turned out to be the main character Sarah's foster mother's actual mother, and. Uh, She's just this crotchety old woman who's like constantly drinking and smoking and is is fantastic. Just just <laughs> nothing but pure joy and fun and just this angry crotchety old woman being ha- like they they've they put her into custody and she was living in like a fucking barn or something and now like they have her with her and she still dresses like she's a hobo. It's just it's so fantastic. <laughs> so this episode brought all of the feels because uh there's this complete shit-faced cop who uh, is working for this neolutionist uh, crazy woman who ousted uh, the woman in charge of the cloning process Rachel, to begin uh, with? Susan Duncan. Susan Duncan. Yeah, she was in charge of the whole clone. It was, was kind of her baby in the first place to do this whole cloning thing. And this woman's all like, "No, nah, no, nah, I got some fancy nanobot technology, and clones are dumb. They're all gonna die anyway. Let's let them all die." And so there, she's trying to get rid of this woman who was the original clone person because this person, uh, they're trying to do this research to f- to cure this disease that's going to kill all the clones through time anyway. Um, and her DNA and whatnot is the key to unlocking all of that. And they finally, they they the the bad guys caught her and just cold blooded murdered her in a van in front of this character who is who has the sickness like the worst. Cosima's got it worse than anybody right now. She is dying on toast. And they friggin' shot this old woman 
and then set the van on fire. And Not just set it on fire. They had some kind of tank full of a gas in it that they're like, this is going to burn at a hundred and like a, um, 1200 degrees. Yeah. So any organic material is going to be completely obliterated. Yeah, there will be nothing salvageable from this. Like it is over. Oh yeah. And your girlfriend's fucking dead. And then they drive off and just leave Cosima there. Just like, I am obliterated. My hope at saving my own life and my ex-girlfriend is dead and fuck the universe. And I know I'm, I'm, really blowing through this real quickly but i mean this show is really really good at being intriguing it is one of the most intriguing tv shows that i've ever seen it is so so interesting and the actress who plays all of the female clones tatiana maslani is unfathomably good at what she does she is ridiculous and she plays all these characters so incredibly well and but what the show the the show does is that every now and then it will hit you with like some real gravity. Like most of what's interesting about the show is watching the is trying to figure out what the hell's going on and trying to follow the plot. And you're invested in these characters. But you know, it, it throws some really great comedy at you from time to time. It's very good at making you laugh. But when it brings the gravity, when it is legitimately sad, it is fucking on on the mark. Like heart wrenching. It what yeah it is and like I did not care about this this woman like she, she didn't have a most amazing backstory, but everybody else in that scene like Cosima killed me in that scene like that character I was heartbroken for her and then thinking about the fact that this was a whole plan that Sarah put into play and now she's gonna feel responsible for her foster mother's mother dying. Like, there was so much fallout from this. And the following episode dealt with that fallout incredibly well. It was all about Sarah just going off the deep end. Um, but shit, man. This this episode really, really brought the feels. And I, I, I want to do, like, a full-on episode about this at some point. I know we're going to talk about uh, uh, Orphan Black again in the not-too-distant future. But I just wanted to touch on the fact that if you're not watching this show, it is... It is as available as a BBC show can be. Like, they put the first bunch of episodes from this season up on their YouTube page for free. There's mm-hmm. there's good ways to get this show. It's, and it's, it's on Amazon Prime, I think. Uh, not included, but, like, I think two bucks an episode. Like, it's pretty cheap. Yeah, it's relatively inexpensive. If you're not watching this show and you like cool sci-fi-ish type stuff, but not, like, spaceshipy sci-fi, like... This show is just This is just hard good. science sci-fi. Exactly, yeah. This is it's it, you've summed it up perfectly. It's hard science sci-fi. It's fun, it's funny, it's interesting, it's dramatic. It is everything TV should be. It is some of the finest TV that you will that you will find. It stands up to just about anything else. Like it's not as holy shit as Game of Thrones. It's not as much of a gigantic universal experience like the first couple of seasons of Lost. It is just goddamn good television mm-hmm. and you need to be watching it. And don't eat anything while you're watching it. Yeah, yeah. there's we, a lot of gross stuff. Oh, especially this season. We were we were sat down for dinner, a late dinner cuz uh, you know, we have a toddler. So we're we're sitting down for late dinner. He's in bed. We're cracking open our food and then a a head they they exhumed a, a rotting corpse. And took off the head and cut something out of its cheek, and it was so disgusting. And I'm like, just like, mmm, dinner is delicious, honey. 
<laughs> yeah, it was real bad. It was foul. But yeah, yeah, watch this show. We're gonna we're gonna so do a full good. episode on this show at soon. I have to get caught up because I I do most of my binge watching at night, and if I start watching this, it I can't fall asleep because it's one of those. All right, just one more. Yeah, just one is. more. Yeah, it is. Just one more, and it's so it's riveting the entire time. Like even the, the the tertiary characters do a phenomenal job. Like her brother ish person, Felix. Felix. Oh, oh my Felix is Felix. Felix is my spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> There's Donnie. God, Donnie. They're they're Donnie's so been much great to do this, this season. season. The um I, I know we're gonna talk about this, but I have to say two things. One of which is I feel like this season, if you haven't caught up and you want to um, you should before the next like, couple of weeks before it, the finale airs, and we're going to talk about it after that. Um, I feel like this particular season, they've done a really good job of making everything make sense in a way that other seasons haven't as much. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So if you feel like, oh, you know, I kind of like that show, but it's hard to follow. This season is really like, no, I get everything that's going on and everything makes sense and everything is like connected and... They are. They're tying things together in a way that Lost never could. Like, yeah. it is It is as complicated as something like Lost, but it, it is done so much smarter because it is so clear that the people who write this show came up with a plan first. Like, mm-hmm. they sat down and That's said, good. this is what's happening this season, and we are going to tie it in to everything. And it's so intelligently done. I, just, I, I can't respect it enough. I'm halfway through season three right now and season three is the one where they have the whole other set of male clones mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if you're not paying attention to that show I, there are 12 people give or take on the show that share two faces so if you're not paying wholehearted attention to the show it gets really confusing because you don't know like it's not it's i would say more so with the guys because yeah. i feel like the 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 girl clones the are Lita so clones, they're so different. so different. Like, the, Cosima looks like a different person than Sarah. Mm-hmm. Like, you're never going well, they, to confuse um, they, Allison for friggin' Helena, you know? Mm-hmm. They do such a good job with that. And that is kind of by the nature of, you know, the guy clones, uh, Caster, they're, they were raised they were more or less together, almost, you know? Like, yeah. they were bred together, whereas uh, the Lita clones... They're kind of out in the world, and there's not many of those uh, as far as the caster clones are and that, And that truly speaks to Tatiana's <laughs> skills, because mm-hmm. it's not like just subtle voice changes or stuff like They are completely independent different characters. Different people. Completely yeah. different people. And they keep introducing other ones. Like, <laughs> they keep bringing more clones in, and you're like, what What are they going to do now? Oh, that, okay, sure. This Which was the Russian one? Uh, the crazy blonde Russian. Yeah, one? Helena. Uh, Helena. Helena. Yeah. Helena. She was one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, she is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, she. Is yeah, it is. Fantastic. It is a. It is some kind of crime that that this girl has not won more acting awards. And that is part of the other thing that I was going to say, which is I I found out today, the scene where they they shot Kendall and blew her up, and then Kasima lost it. Mm-hmm. Tatiana Maslany really lost it filming that scene, oh. and that's all real. Wow. <laughs> See, good stuff. BBC knows how to do it, it seems. When they're on, they're on. Yes, they are. All right. 
Very good, Chris. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Uh, I promise you I will get caught up as soon as possible, and we will do a full episode on it. Um, okay, I'm quickly as well going to go over the beginning of Powers Season 2. It's back on uh, PSN. Uh, when we left them at the end of Season 1, the uh, main super heroine had been killed, Retro Girl, and that's where we faded to black at the end of the season. Uh, the Season 2 starts off with everybody freaking out, got to find out who the killer is. Um, it takes, I think, two episodes and pins it on this one kid, uh, Crispin, who is the son of Christian Walker's ex-partner. So everybody feels like this kid has killed Retro Girl, and he's just a kid. He's not a super, uh, but apparently they have created, like, they had, they made the, the drainer, which was a, a room at one point in time that could drain the powers of, of, superheroes and they apparently made a portable one and they have a video of Crispin stealing this thing so they 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 fully believe it's this kid so they are hunting him down uh shit gets so rough for this kid that he ends up killing himself because he didn't do it uh he was being framed and he was he was being um like it, like there's this major big baddie that we don't know who it is uh f- up until the end of season 3 and that's or excuse me uh episode 3 and that's the reason why I want to talk specifically about Hell Knight, which is the third episode. Now, in the wake of Retro Girl's death, there are two crews, these these bad guys that have ganged up. Half of them are power-based, like, like there are supers that sort of live, like, on the darker side of society. They're sort of like vagabonds and, and whatnot. And then there's the other group who are regular humans who have used technology to enhance themselves to have superpowers. So mm-hmm. while while Retro Girl was in action, she kept those two groups at bay with, you know, so, so they, they never really got into an all-out war with each other because of her. But now she's dead and everybody feels like shit's about to go down and it's apparently going to come like two nights after Retro Girl's funeral. During Retro Girl's funeral, there is a. This is just a real bad hullabaloo at out 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 outside of the church, and people are going, you know, protesters and whatnot start fucking getting violent, and the girl that spent all of the first season telling everybody that she had powers, but she she didn't know what they were yet. By the end of the season one, she acquired her powers, and that's Callista. And she was a really big fan of Retro Girl, so she uh, pretty much stole her costume and is taking the place of Retro Girl. Now, she sort of, she doesn't really do much because she she hasn't figured out all of her powers yet. But during this all-out war outside of the church, she steps in, saves a few people, squelches a couple of things, everything settles down. And... The, the news is portraying her as the next up-and-comer, the, 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 the one that is destined to save us all because, you know, we need saving because the, the world is going to... Like, the news in this show is so horribly one-sided. Make It's all that shock shit where, oh my god, you know, what is killing your children? Find out at 11 type of shit. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's like, at one point in time, there's this girl a female reporter 
who in this Hell Knight episode, she, she wants to be out in the field recording all of the violence as it happens. And unfortunately, her and her, her crew, um, get a flat tire outside of this toy factory. And she actually starts a riot so she can film it. And they tear yeah. apart this place and it's where they make all the toys for all the superheroes. So, there's a couple of scenes where the, there was this girl in the earlier season named Zora. She had light powers, and she got the ever-living shit kicked out of her by the big baddie from the last season, and she's in the hospital for the first couple of episodes. But she finally gets out, and she tries to talk to Callista about, you know, she's got to pace herself. She's got to learn about herself and, and figure herself out before she just starts going out and doing the, the, the world-saving. And... They sort of butt heads. Callista says, go fuck yourself, and I'm going to do what I want to do, and she she bounces. Um, there is, at, at the end of the episode is this two, it's like, of course, you know, one block, and on one half of the block is all of the, you know, the, they're called the hackers, and then the, the other side is the, you know, I can't even remember the names, but they're all the regular downtrodden superpowered and they're about to square off with each other it's hundreds and hundreds of people and zora steps in and she's standing right in the middle and then two regular cops from the powers division step in and they there's nothing they can do these people are gonna just destroy each other of course Callista mm-hmm. swoops in they all everybody's just standing and doing that circular camera shit where they're swooping around now i'm saving this part because it was my favoriteest thing I have ever seen. Back in the day, uh, Retro Girl was on a team, and she <laughs> one of her um, teammates was Super Shock. Super Shock was a Superman esque character, mm-hmm. big male, flies, super strong, blah blah blah. He is played by Michael Madsen. Okay. Michael Madsen is one of my favorite unsung phenomenal actors out there. In the middle of this square off, he flies out of the sky and does that super landing where, you know, he's on one knee and he punches mm-hmm. the ground and does a shockwave and sort of pushes everybody away. And this monologue that he gives, I don't know how he changed his voice, but he did. He says, like, this has to stop now or I will stop it for you. I will stop everything. And I was like, oh, shit, this guy is badass. And then he just flies away. Everybody stops. Everything is cool. Now, while all of that shit is going on, Christian Walker is trying to hunt down the real killer of Retro Girl. And he's Mm -hmm. following this digital trail because there was a cell phone and then there was a laptop and there was a bad guy. One of the hackers who had information was trying to was going to end up giving it to them. But then he got his brain exploded via the cloud which was weird. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. The hackers put techno- technological enhancements on themselves, and he had a literal hard drive in his brain. So he had all of his information stored on that hard drive. When he went to go give it to them because he was being tortured, the big baddie, what they said was they did a data dump to his brain that short-circuited it, fried it, and made it explode. So his face and head literally exploded from information from the cloud. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Um, so Christian finally corners this 
little girl who was, you know, working on the, the laptop and they're in this sort of like abandoned apartment. And sh- she's the one that has the information on who the bid big baddie is and he's confronting her and it's one of those situations where he's like just tell me and she's like all we wanted to do was you know wake people up tell me who it is we we were misunderstood like just tell him the fucking name and we can move on from this point in the story but that doesn't happen because as he's you know interrogating her the the building that they're in starts to crumble and they get caught in the rubble now once that happens they go the camera pans out to the street and there's this dude in a black coat big black hat like bleach blonde hair and he does this weird little like curtsy and then spins around and starts dancing down the block you know jumps up clicks his heels at one point in time just to to show his powers he touches a lamp post and the thing compresses on itself it just crumbles and he just fades off into the into into the darkness and that's where the episode ended i have no idea who this guy is i know i want to know who this guy is i don't know if christian's still alive because he doesn't have any powers anymore and he's just a regular guy that girl the, the, the wealth of information that she has she needs to be alive or the show's going to go on far too long um, I have, well, she's trapped under the rubble of a building, right? With Christian, yes. And the there are people character. who have superpowers on this show, right? Yes. I'm not concerned. I, neither am I, but <laughs> come on now, it's television. Um, and the girl who is playing Callista, the, the new retro girl, she is stunningly good looking in her, her retro girl outfit. So it, it, it is so much fun. Not the best acting. I, I, as I was watching the the newer episodes, I was like, "Hmm, I'm glad this is about superheroes because it's letting me watch it with you know rose colored glasses." Because if this was just a regular show, I would have stopped watching it a long time ago. Because the acting is not good, but the fact that they throw someone flying through the screen or fucking super punching someone else, it makes me want to watch it more. I'm a simple man. I have there's simple pleasures. Um. But today, the new episode released, so once we're done here, I'm probably going to watch that so I can find out who that that cloaked, hat-wearing badass was. It's so much fun. So entertaining. I suggest everybody watch it and have a good time with it. Don't expect fucking orphan black levels of quality. Just big, dumb fun. That's how I look at it. Lots of good times on uh, the PlayStation Network, if you have it. So... Uh, with that, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk some uh, summertime watching. What are we going to check out when, when the, the school's out and days are longer and days are hotter and want to stay inside with the air conditioning? It's what we do during the summer. We watch television. So stay tuned. Smart houses. Lights turning on when you want them to. Oven burners igniting at the press of a button. There's so much interesting stuff the future holds for the tech savvy, but if you're not the patient type, things may not be as smart as they seem. In fact, when your smart devices act up, they're not very smart at all. Read all about it in Dumb Houses, located in the Think Tank. GeekAid's monthly gaming podcast has returned with another episode filled with wacky words. Words like Zendikar! Doesn't that sound fun? It sure does. 
There's also talk of original Magic the Gathering design documents, a new Dungeons & Dragons movie, Mage Knight, and more. Give a listen to You Shall Not Pass Go, Episode 4, The Finger Thing. Hey, did you know that the guy who played Oscar in Short Circuit 2 was on an episode of The Twilight Zone? Did you also know that it's a pretty fantastic episode of The Twilight Zone? Did you also also know that Matt Rymo from Ring the Bell has seen this episode and decided to talk about it on a Twilight Zone podcast? All of these things are real, and you can listen to them in Submitted for Your Approval, Episode 22, The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street. DC's Rebirth event has proven to be a far less of a dumpster fire than their last one, which nearly caused the deaths of at least two of the members of Paper Cuts. This week, Dan, Dean, myself, and a Matt Much impersonator spent some time talking about the latest DC books, as well as Marvel's new Civil War, Moon Knight, and more. Tune into Papercut Podcast Issue 87, The Screamy Thing and The Shooty Thing. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more, right now at geekade.com. And we're back. Thank you for checking out our commercials. So, uh, let's talk some summertime TV. Uh, when you watch television, are there any shows that make you specifically think of summer? Are there any shows this summer that you specifically want to watch? Okay, thanks for the answers. I appreciate that. Uh, it sounded like you were asking the listeners, not us. <laughs> like well, I was. You expected the listeners I, I to did. answer they, back to their, their, their headphones did. or their you car were, speakers. You're not paying attention. They did. Okay. Um, they did? Thank you. <laughs> Son of a bitch. How many people are on this call? Uh, we're going to just... Uh, we're going to go over... I mean, I thought the original theory of this is what we're going to watch this summer... And by that was what's coming out new this summer for us to watch. And I went through the list. I only saw one thing that I'm actually really interested in. Other, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Bachelor in Paradise or fucking Pretty Little Liars. So none of that shit tickled me. Um, the only new show that I'm really... Well, it's not even a new show. is Mr. Robot's coming back for season two. And I feel like I've been waiting forever for that fucking show to come back. I really, really enjoyed season one, and apparently it's coming back in like a July for hmm. season two. So other, kind of spiffy. other than that, I think it's just going to be a Netflix-filled and Hulu-filled summer for me. Catching up on everything that, you know, I haven't gotten a chance to sit down and watch. Is, I, in, is there anything that I should be watching? Well... You might have glossed over the fact that uh, that Orange is the New Black also premieres this summer. True. Isn't that, but isn't that like a week or two? That is that not the summer? I see. It's June. <laughs> it's true. I still feel like it's like Mayish. <laughs> so technically, yes, Orange is the New Black. I will watch the shit out of that as well. <laughs> and we will be talking about it on the show. Yes. Most yeah. Definitely. Yeah, but like, see, but that. Like, that's a Netflix dump, so I will be able to watch that in one weekend. <laughs> if that, uh, I'm going to have to wait for uh, Mr. Robot, because that's a USA show, and I'll, it'll be a weekly thing. It's really good if you haven't watched it. It was really, really good. That weird-looking kid did a phenomenal job. I can't remember his name. I heard good things about Mr. Robot. Never made the time to get into it. Just didn't happen it was it was like you weren't 100 percent sure what was real and what was not like that's the kind of thing that 
because he 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 sees his father, but his father allegedly died or was supposedly supposed to have died previously. So we're we're still not sure. I mean, it's it's got Christian Slater in it. I'm a big fan of Mr. Slater. I think he's great. And the the main character is Rami Malek. Mm-hmm. He does he does a really good job of being like a nerdy, reclusive hacker type. So I really enjoy the show. I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna watch that as well. And Orange, I don't know. I I I am drawn to that show whenever I see that it's on. Whenever the new episodes dump, I watch the crap out of that show. Uh, I can think of one other show that's on this summer that that has me really excited to watch it. Um, we already we already started it, and I don't know. It started, I guess, Memorial Day weekend or whatever. It it might have started slightly before the actual summer started, but whatever. I'm considering it summer TV. Uh, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, perhaps it'll. I'm wondering if I can say the title. I'm gonna try to say the title. Well, I was gonna try and say it, but I right, go for it. <laughs> but perhaps it'll it it'll ring a little bit more of a bell <laughs> if I say American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> How is that? Did I do okay? That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen this show, and when I say that, I'm speaking to the listeners. <laughs> I have been a fan of this show since, like, before it existed. I was a fan of the original. Chris got me into the original uh, Japanese Ninja Warrior, as it were. It used to air on uh, the um, late lamented G4. Oh, and uh, Too soon. <laughs> He got me into it. We watched a lot of it during the uh, the autumn of our uh, newlywed mutual unemployment, <laughs> which is a thing that happened to us, <laughs> uh, and during which we watched a lot of Ninja Warrior and played Mario Kart. <laughs> now that's love. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> it was like, neither one of us wanted to lose our jobs, but since we both did it at the same time. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> They, this show has been through a lot of incarnations. They, they in the early going, they had to like a more of a reality TV competition style thing where it's not that anymore. No, oh my god, Evan, you have to watch this. It's evolved. Wait, it, is it still like the guy starts at the beginning of the race, runs through all of those stupid things, and then possibly makes it to the end, and that's it? Well, yeah. Okay. But- <laughs> They did a thing one or two seasons where there were teams of hopefuls who like wanted to go compete on the original what? Ninja Warrior in Japan because there wasn't an American tournament yet. Tournament, the yeah. American they, Ninja they Warrior was to to get somebody and then send them to Japan to complete compete in the Sasuke tournament. That so was the whole point of they, it. They, the person themselves, would be the American. Ninja Warrior. Ninja Warrior. (laughs) And then the show really took off when uh, cultural appropriation took hold. Like, when we were just like, nah, we got this. We're going to make our own fucking thing. And we're going to take it over and make it as American as we possibly fucking can. That's when it got great. (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry, Japan. And I would like to acknowledge that it is not the same thing as the Japanese show. And that the Japanese show show in and of itself is wonderful. 
Especially the like overly excited announcer guy. Love that guy. <laughs> but it is far more similar now to the Japanese show where it's it is about people performing extraordinary feats on an obstacle course. And um it's it's about just watching the people get from one end to the other and, and less about the competition of who's gonna survive and who's gonna make it to the top of this poll and this team and drama and all that stuff. Like, I, I don't think I've ever watched it as that. I watch it for the individual race, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is just like those first couple of seasons of the American version where they made it into a show like that and it was yeah. quite disappointing. And it was it was it was <laughs> made by somebody who like kind of was only told what Ninja Warrior was like and they're like yeah we can make a show out of it and like no 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 you got it all no you're putting too much stuff stop 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 we don't need white tigers and blue monkeys like (laughs) this isn't Legends of the Hidden Temple (laughs) oh but that should come back I think it is except (laughs) as a drama not a as a crime procedural (laughs) I'm not kidding anyway (laughs) it uh it it is like and they do like they do some you know little like cut packages about certain contestants they'll you know do their audition video and tell their story and it's it's one of two things it's either really affecting and like wow i actually give a shit about this person or it's like hate watchable You're like fuck this person <laughs> skip the right hate the hell over it still one of my favorite i hope phrases. they fall on their face in the water <laughs> professional hacky sackist <laughs> side note we tried to uh show this show to our toddler and he every everyone that ran he was just like is he gonna fall in the water <laughs> like pretty much kid uh, almost everybody falls in the water. <laughs> what is what is that Jap- well, I guess they also did it in America, but it started off as as a Japanese show where they ran through the obstacle course, but it literally was all of these things trying uh, to knock crap. them. Uh most extreme challenge, MXC. MXC, baby. That was one of my favorites. <laughs> the amount of O's that came up with that show. So much fun. <laughs> oh, so yeah, American Ninja Warrior, super watchable. I feel like people know about this show, but then like I also know that I've been yelled at by friends of mine, specifically one person in, in particular who was like, why didn't you tell me about this show? You know this would be perfect for me. It's like a lot of hot looking guys and an awesome <laughs> phil- physical challenge. And she's really into like sports and fitness and, you know, hot dudes. Um, so she's like, why well, didn't you tell me it? about this show? And I'm like, how... Did you not already know about this show? How does not yeah. everybody know about this show? It's amazing. Um, especially the uh, commentators who are not like the, the original Japanese guy. He's just like basically telling you what the guy is doing, but he's like turned up his excitement to like 125. <laughs> like he's just really excited. These guys, the American commentators, they're I think they're former football players. I'm not really sure what their pedigrees are. One of them is quite possibly brain damaged. <laughs> they're, they, they're both kind of like, they're both pretty dim. They they tend to recycle the same phrases so you can turn it into a drinking game anytime. Putting some, on a clinic. Yes, do a shot because somebody's putting on a clinic. Yeah, but Akbar, he goes into these like weird, Akbar? like really weird. Yeah, Akbar. Akbar. Uh, Bahabi Jamila. Yeah, this guy, he falls into these weird, um, like, just bottomless pits of metaphors that don't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's like, he is reaching down in the dirt digging, and he's going to dig himself a hole, and you better believe that hole is going to be the hole of all the holes, because you've never hauled a hole until this guy hauled your hole. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt Eisen was just like, you said it, Akbar. <laughs> he's got- She's putting on history. She's making history. That hole has never been dug deeper before. She's digging down deep in the deepest of deep holes, and she's making history. <laughs> <sighs> and 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 the guy, the other guy, Matt Eisman, who is, <laughs> it was the one who. With every, like, they say the name of the show, like, 900 times within the course of an episode, and it gets increasingly more intense every time it says it, so by the by the time they sign off the show, we'll, like, we'll see you next time, and we'll see you next week on another episode of <laughs> Like, he's like the epic rap battles guy. <laughs> but he seems tame in comparison to yeah. Akbar. <laughs> Nice. And so they got those guys really add a, an element of watchability to the show as well. So <laughs> make time in your schedule for American Ninja Warrior. Indeed. Well, I'll 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 jump on to um I'm just going to piggyback on that a little bit. Is one of my favorite shows of summer of all time that just reminds me of watching TV in the summer is the original Ninja Warrior, uh, which like she said aired on G4. Um, definitely a very different feeling because um. Uh, Ninja War- American Ninja Warrior is very uh, it's very tournamenty. Like they have all these qualifying rounds all over the country, and it takes place at night. There's lots of lights. The courses are very like meticulously. They're visually impressive uh, in a way that the original Sasuke tournament isn't. And um, they have people in the stands watching, like a crowd to like drum up the you know drama. Yeah, and there's like I mean there's a crowd at the Sasuke tournament, but it's it is an all day thing. Like. All right, so so they call it Ninja Warrior here in America, and in Japan, it's a tournament just called the Sasuke Tournament, and um, they are trying to make it to the top of Midoriyama, uh, which for the American version, they started calling Mount Midoriyama, which is incredibly stupid because Yama is mountain, so it's Mount Midori Mountain. Thanks, America. Uh, <laughs> but um, when you watch the, the, the Japanese version, it's like you hear the announcer talking in Japanese the whole time, and it's subtitled. Uh, and then there's like this American guy who will say a few things in between. Um, but you're just watching these Japanese people do these remarkable feats of physical prowess. It's, it's, it means so much to them to be able to do this. Like, it's not, this is so different from MXC because it's like, you know, Olympic athletes try out for this thing. Like, mm-hmm. it is, it is a legitimate test of skill. It is remarkable what these people pull off. And when you see somebody struggling to make it through a course, and like when you're watching that struggle happen, especially in the Japanese version, because the American one, America is just such a different country. A lot of the people, they they dedicate their their lives to this. Like this is their job. Their job is professional rock climber. Mm -hmm. Their job is hacky sack enthusiast (laughs) slash surfer or like. When you watch the Japanese one, it's like gas station attendant. It's teachers. It's it's just normal people that have dedicated themselves to training as hard as they can to see if they can get to the top of uh, Midoriyama. And not for a million-dollar prize, because there is no million-dollar prize. It's just for honor. Mm. And 
just for this, the, the sake of being able to say they did it. And the people who come up with these courses are just sick, <laughs> sick bastards. Because <laughs> you, just, you just watch them go, but uh, they, they just keep coming up with more and more ridiculous things. The course just keeps getting harder and people keep finding ways to surmount them. Um, and But there's just there's a certain quality, almost like watching a kung fu movie or just anything subtitled in a hot summer day when you're inside the air conditioner on and ninja warriors on and it's just like it's very relaxing yet very very interesting and a lot of it takes place in daylight it just has a very different feel from american ninja warrior and it reminds me so much of 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 great relaxing summer afternoons i i absolutely love it cool 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 uh, i want to throw out a couple of titles that i I am going to watch, but I do not have high hopes for because I, I, I don't know. I feel like it's the shows are going to let me down. Um, Preacher, Outcast, and Voltron Legendary Defender. Now, these are Ooh. three shows that I've heard about coming out for a while. And I was like I was jazzed because Outcast and Preacher are two comic properties. And Outcast mm-hmm. is a relatively new property that I was really interested in. I liked the book. Uh, it's going to be a Cinemax show, so it, I, it actually came out. The first episode yeah, came out. Yeah, the first already. episode premiered, and it it got pretty decent reviews. I mean, it's Kirkman. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the guy who does Walking Dead. So right, but like, I have that problem with The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You don't really like The Walking Dead. So. I don't. I'm not a big fan of the show. So it's it, and that's that's why I, I didn't throw it high up on that list. And Preacher is Preacher. I mean, Preacher the comic. Preacher has been in my life for just about as long as I've been collecting comics. Um, it's one of those that it's a constant go back and read, and we'll see what once a, once a couple of episodes get you know clumped together, I'll sit down and do a, a binge watch and see how I feel about it. Um, but Voltron is a, is a cartoon that I I grew up with, like I remember that from my childhood. Same here. And the Big last Voltron fan as a kid. And the last time I like okay. I think it was Thundercats, where I saw that a Thundercats show was coming out, and I was like, "Oh, I should watch the old ones." And then oh. I and then I watched the oh, old no. ones of of Thundercats, and I started watching the old ones of Voltron, and I I I don't know if it was just me being a child, but I remember those things being so much better than they actually are. <laughs> Yeah, those those shows did not age very well. Original generation, like Gen One Transformers, I think of all the things of that era has aged the best. The best, yeah. Um, but yeah, original Voltron and Thundercats are not good. No, and it's I <coughs> like I and I, and I don't know. I will watch them because that's a, the Voltron is a, a Netflix thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's I think it's next week or maybe at the end of this week, where uh, yeah. It's the end of this week, and then next week is Orange is the New Black. So I'll, the thing with Voltron, I have to say, is um, having gone back and tried to rewatch that myself, mm-hmm. that theme song still gets me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the theme song is great, and the mythology of Voltron is really, really interesting. It's just a damn cool concept. Yeah, and I think as kids watching it, just like. That was awesome. I remember watching that show. I remember thinking the little green, the little green kid was cool because he was a little boy, and so mm-hmm. was I. And I remember thinking like, I can't wait till the lions come together and 
pull out the sword and slice up some dudes because that's <laughs> awesome. That is absolutely awesome. Giant robot lions that form a giant robot, a gianter robot. <laughs> Come on, what's not the love? It, yes. But I, I will also say that um, I am in equal position of lack of super hopefulness on both of those other shows. This one I read earlier today that the creators of this series of Voltron drew heavy inspirations from Avatar and Legend of Korra. Okay. So that fills me with a lot of hope that, for this show. That does as well for me. Those are two fun, uh, those we're going to have to talk about those shows as well. Yes, Did we, we talk are. about them yet? Not really, no. Hmm, that's a shame. So that's, you know, those are ones that, like I said, I will watch. I just don't know how high of hopes. I have very high hopes for for Mr. Robot, though, and Orange is the New Black. I don't I don't think Orange is the New Black has done anything wrong f- for me yet. Word. So, is that all we got, guys? I have um, late breaking news that by the time this podcast airs, may have been maybe a done deal. Okay. Um. So I feel like I need to get it on the This just in. Uh, I'm I'm looking at a post from, from a, on Facebook of a woman who is uh, a news anchor at a radio station in Nashville. Uh huh. <laughs> who claims that the the deal with the uh, CMT TV is official and that it will be announced during the CMT Awards, which air Wednesday night. So holy flirking schnitt. So by the time you hear this podcast on Thursday, this this may this fact may be confirmed or totally debunked. One or the uh, other. Wow, wow! I never in my wildest imagination did I think that somebody was going to pick up Nashville. Holy shit, snacks! All so, right. Yeah, I guess that just goes to show you that. Um, <laughs> well, Karen, enjoy your hate watching. People can do, you know, that shows can do this in this. Those ass hats should not be rewarded for their behavior, <laughs> for their ass hattery. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and uh, summer TV. Uh, if you're looking for something super fun to watch and that's super summery, um, in I think late July or early August, they're going to air. On sci-fi, uh, the fourth installment of a series of Sharknado movies. Oh, for fuck's sake! Sharknado: The Fourth Awakens. Can can we can we live tweet that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I I actually I mean I watched the second one. It was not great. It did I, not have the magic of the first one. <laughs> I did not watch. I did not bother with the third one. But if you are looking for something really fun to watch on a random summer night, go back and watch the original fucking Sharknado because it's amazing. It's a a piece of, like, trash gold. It is just so freaking perfect. I I remember when Sharknado 3 came on and Chris was watching it. And I hadn't seen 2 yet. So I watched 2. And by the time I finished two, three was already on. Like, it had been on for, I don't know, let's say a half hour. And I turned on USA, and the moment that I turned it on was when they were trapped on top of the truck, and they had to jump to safety, and they jumped the shark, and the guy actually said, oh my god, he just jumped the shark. Yeah. That's what that show is. 
that's what that 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 movie is. Thank you, Sci-Fi Channel. Cinema at its finest. And since Truly. it since it you know since the first one blew up and they're trying to like recapture a rainbow with all these uh, <laughs> with all these sequels, they've they've missed the mark entirely. But that original, that first Sharknado movie, man, that is so worth your time. It, it is. It's it's freaking gold. It's. <laughs> It is the dumbest of dumb shit, but it, it's all of the right dumb shit coming together in this beautiful prism of dumb shittery. <laughs> all right. Well, I have just one more thing I wanted to mention okay. about summer TV. Uh, one of my favorite memories of watching TV in the summer was uh, the old anime block on Adult Swim uh, before they you know, went and uh, appropriated Toonami for it. Mm-hmm. I have very specific and very fond memories of uh, three animes that would play on uh, this this block in particular. Uh, one I've talked about on the show before is Fully Cooly. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the third one is Trigun, which is my all-time favorite anime. Uh, these nice. three shows, I mean, there were other shows that aired during those th- that block. Like, you know, there's some Full Metal Alchemist, uh, Big O... Um, Rain and and I tried a lot of those shows and they like Outlaw Star and they they were all right. Um, but there's something about the souls of these three shows that just that really 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 caught me, and they they bring back some very very fond memories for me because they were in a, they they all happened in a very weird time in my life and man whenever every time I go back to watching those shows like they all have very very deep emotional connections with me and um you know they're they're a bit melodramatic they're anime but i feel like these three shows trigon and bebop in particular have a bit more of a broad appeal to them because even they they have a lot of anime tropes in them like when they when they hit when they click it's done so remarkably well and i particularly the american dubs mm-hmm. because that stuff can go horribly awry yes, and, that, and um, i was going to comment on that that they're dubbing for those shows was actually really good. Yeah, Cowboy Bebop and Trigun are dubbed just spectacularly well, really, 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 really well. Um, and they're they're summer shows for me. They're you well know, back when summer really meant something to me. Uh, you know, I guess before jobs were the way that they were, or the way that they are. Uh, and I still knew people that were going to college and and whatnot. It was just. This was something that I remember being up late at night, and I would stay up and watch them, no matter how many times those episodes repeated. I'd always stay up and watch them and just be happy to have that shit on in the background. I could be doing something else, be playing Game Boy or writing something, or it wouldn't even matter. As long as the TV was on and that was that was going on in the background, I was just happy as happy can be. And those shows will always hold a nostalgic joy for me, but they are very specifically tied to summer. That and Law and Order marathons, because yeah, know. but that's all year. <laughs> that's all year round. That's all baby. year round. So, um, I, if you had said summer TV, never in a million years would I have thought of those shows. But now that you you say it like that, I do remember like the first summer you and I were dating. Like you showed me those shows, and I remember sitting in your shitty apartment with no air conditioning being super hot sweating on a couch watching all this weird anime and just like i don't know what this shit is but this guy's really cute so here we go <laughs> Aww, you guys he is really cute <laughs> the cutest all right very good uh are we good i i'm i'm good i mean i just want to do a quick shout out mystery science theater 
Briscoe County Junior and the state. There you go. Oh, those, but those are all all good all the time, though. They are, but I mean, like first time I saw Briscoe County Junior Saturday mornings after Saturday morning cartoons, Briscoe County Junior That's would right. come on, and very specifically in summer, That's Mystery right. Science Theater, falling asleep watching Mystery Science Theater on the couch used to always happen to me during the summers. And uh, MTV's The State, because it's good forever, and I love rewatching that in summertime. And I want to dip my balls in it. And with that, <laughs> uh, quick recap. Uh, Powers, I say yes. Check it out. A lot of fun. Uh, Chris, Orphan Black? Absolutely. <laughs> and Karen, when Nashville shows up again on CMT? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there. Y'all a, better believe a, it. You're a sadist. Uh, okay Chris you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit you can like us on Facebook find us on Instagram at geekade subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content and follow us on Twitter at the underscore geekade because somebody owns geekade and I'm gonna find them or follow this show specifically at TWEPCAST. That's T-W-E-P-C-A-S-T. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I am at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Evan is at... Geekade underscore Evan. Karen is at... Shoot underscore the underscore moon. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review, because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com, where we post something new every single day. Back to you, Evan. Thank you very much, sir. Greatly appreciate it. Um, okay, so with the summer coming up, I want, you know, there's there's not a lot of stuff going on um I, I unfortunately like i said i looked at the list and i was not superbly pleased um, but hey but wait they're making a sitcom out of uncle buck that's true and the joy and rapture that i have inside my heart is almost overwhelming uh i'm gonna throw it out to you peeps tell us what we uh let let's do a like a, a listener's choice type show we did uh friends that way give us some suggestions of what we should watch We'll do a do an episode or two about them, and uh, like you said, check us out on all forms of social media because we want to hear what you have to say, good, bad, or indifferent. So I think that's it, guys. I feel good. You guys feel good. We're good. So from all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. What are these mangoes? Good night. There's actually one thing that I'm interested in watching. Everything else is going to be fucking Netflix, I'm pretty sure. Is it Uncle Buck? No. <laughs> Bite your tongue. <laughs> Chris just threw down his headphones and stormed off. <laughs> All right, I'm going to try to read this without laughing. A dumpster fire got me before, so. What was... What was the last one was it was convergence is that what i'm thinking of yes i actually forgot the name of that fucking series and you should be thankful for that dc's rebirth event has proven to be far less of a dumpster fire than <laughs> <laughs> valiant effort i know i almost made it dc's rebirth event has proven to be far less of a dumpster fire than <laughs> fuck <laughs> okay take three 
right now at dumpsterfire.com. <laughs> and this concludes our broadcast day.